Alright, what is up y'all? This is going to be the very first episode in our Bible study series here on Mentored in Faith channel. You know, as someone who's relatively new to his faith and accepting God into his life, uh, I really just want to use this time to share my thoughts and hopefully uh, get some criticism, get some thoughts back and, and learn with you all along the way, learn more about the Lord and walk more with Christ in my life. So I hope you guys enjoy this. I pray you guys take something out of this and I hope you give some feedback and maybe point out where maybe I messed up or maybe share a thought that you think maybe differently or something that really spoke to you as, as we went through this. But so I, I've been reading the Bible, the entire Bible. I'm trying to do it, the entire Bible in 90 days and day 30 was actually like kind of like a rest day and there's no structured reading. It says, go read whatever you want. And one of the scriptures that I always turn to kind of when I'm struggling, when I'm down is, is Romans chapter eight. And I typically start at verse 12 and go all the way through the end, which is like, I think 31 or something like that. And these are just some of the things that jumped out. You know, I've re I've read this scripture over and over again, but this time these different things kind of jumped out that necessarily didn't jump out at me before. So I uh, hope, like I said, I hope you guys take something away, but this is what I got from it. It says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. And so I had underlined by the spirit and put to death the misdeeds of the body. And I asked myself, how do I put to death the misdeeds of the body? The spirit it makes versus it, it makes us children. The spirit makes us children, not slaves. And this means that by being children, we share in suffering, sufferings in order that we may also share in the glory of God. And also that suffering, the suffering that we endure is much, much, much less. It's not even comparable to the glory that will be revealed in us. And, you know, you know, I've been struggling lately. I can be honest with, with you there. And you know, with COVID and with everything going on, so many people are struggling. This nation is struggling in general. And but just know that this presence, just knowing that this present suffering is not compared to what we're going to experience in the future. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of remarkable. That's kind of incredible. And it really gives hope. Um, and, you know, that goes into my next thing before it says, for in hope, we were saved. And hope is something that's not seen. He follows up on that and the following verse but he says we were saved we're being past tense and that meaning that we're already saved you know we don't see it but we are you know we can't always see it while we're suffering in this moment we can't always see that bright future ahead we can't always believe it's hard to believe sometimes it's hard to hope sometimes but we are saved and that's hope and that's hope that's not seen and he talks about the pains of childbirth and you know these present sufferings they're just growing pains. They're growing pains to the glory of God that will be revealed in our lives and to the future that is promised, the peace that's promised, and the wonders that God promises us, which is amazing. And so I, I then touch on how the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Uh, and we don't always know what we can pray for. I think it said we do not know what we ought to pray for, and I can relate to that. You know, sometimes I struggle getting on my knees and uh, and speaking to the Lord and kind of wondering what exactly I'm supposed to pray for, how I'm supposed to pray, what I'm called to do in this moment. You know, there's that confusion often that we have and the anxiety that we just don't know. 
uh, and I can really relate to that. And sometimes we just got to get down on our knees and ask what we should pray for, what we should do, what we, how we should proceed. And then also, all things God works for the good of those who love them. You know, probably the most popular verse in this whole section. And I, I circled of those who love them, of those who love Him. And I begged the question, "Do you love God?" And I asked this, you know, specifically to myself and to other people. And do you love Him? And the question I had is, you know, how do you know? Um, and then I said, do your do your actions and thoughts represent your love? Does is just dedicating time enough? Like, what's enough for God? You know, I think I struggle with that sometimes, being uh, guilty and, and having shame, uh, because maybe I don't necessarily think I'm living up to loving God the way that I'm supposed to, or don't always follow His commandments the way I should. And you know, I, I ask this: you know, are you embarrassed with your relationship with God? Are you embarrassed of that love? You know, is that love? If you're embarrassed of it, you know, I've been in relationships before. Um, but I wasn't always confident in the person that I was dating and sometimes was embarrassed about who I was dating and you know is that really love is love I think in my opinion is kind of an, an unconditional love and you know personally I constantly seek words of affirmation which is you know one of the love languages and you know, I often seek that from other people, the need for people to tell me over and over again how great I am. And, you know, that's truly not a viable way to live because people aren't always going to tell you how great you are. Sometimes they're going to tell you that you suck. And even if you do suck or you don't suck, um, you know, their opinion really doesn't matter. You know, God has to be the one to fill this need. He has to be the one to affirm you, to give you that peace. And, you know, I think that comes from daily readings like this, you know, reading the Bible, reading his promises to us and all that amazing stuff. You know, and you know, what are God's affirmations and what are promises? You know, he says that we're predestined. He says that we're justified and he says that we're glorified. He will never leave and forsake us. That's a promise. God will never God will never, never cheat. And, you know, as, as someone that's been cheated on by people in the past, by in relationships, that to me is huge. Because, you know, I don't always trust people. I sometimes have trust issues. And just knowing that God will never do that to me. God will never cheat. God's the one person that I can rely on where that word means something. And he'll graciously give us all things. Everything that we need, he will give to us. Everything that we need is already inside of us. You know, we don't need a better internet connection. We don't need more stuff, a fancy car, more money. Everything that we have will be given to us. And lastly, that nothing will ever separate us from God's love. But my question is, is will you love him back? Will I love him back? Do you cheat on God? Do I cheat on God because of the pain of being cheated on before? Because other people cheat us or treat us unfairly, do we ourselves cheat on God? Just something to think about, something that I've been thinking about. Uh, and then there's this interpretation, kind of a, a parallel chapter from, from Philippians 3.10. This is directly out of my Bible. Uh, it says, True righteousness can be obtained only by abandoning one's own effort and turning in faith to Jesus. Because of humanity's sinfulness, true righteousness can be only a gift it can never be an achievement. One receives not only righteousness by faith in Christ, but the transformation of life. 
he or she becomes more Christ-like more and more each day, rejecting sinful desires to be sure there will be suffering. There's guaranteed suffering as with Christ uh, for the same reason, because it is by that, by this means that life is renewed and that God's will will be made perfect. And you know, that, that um, leads me to the question. I tweeted this out this morning. It says, you know, why are we so willing to change for the people that we love or for the people that we think that we love, the people? Why are we, we even changed for people that we don't love so that we can feel accepted? You know, this is such a problem today. We all want to fit in. We all want to feel normal. We all want to change so that people like us. And we do this, but why don't we change for God? Why do so many of us seek approval of people and not the approval of God? You know, this includes myself. You know, I often fall into this. You know, why are we embarrassed to pray in front of our families, in front of other people? Why are we embarrassed to tell them that we're fasting? Why do we feel uncomfortable in church when people go out of their way to make us feel comfortable, yet we are afraid of raising our hand while we're worshiping or feel f fearful of raising that hand because we're afraid of being judged? You know, we're feel f fearful of telling the truth because we think people will think that we're disgusting and worthless. And why are we comfortable typing our faith but not showing it to the world? And I don't know about you, but since coming uh, to Christ and uh, coming into my faith, sometimes my faith has actually elevated my anxiety and depression because I feel guilty that I haven't always lived up to the commandments. That I feel guilty that I haven't always been the person that God has wanted me to be. But I do think that all of this is part of the process. I do think a lot of these questions will be answered in time. And like I said earlier, all things, I didn't say it, but I repeated it, all things work according to God's purpose for those who love him. So we're called to love him. And we're called to change according to that love for him. And to work constantly and transform ourselves into a better, better person each and every single day. More and more. It doesn't have to be by great leaps and bounds, but just little by little. So I pray that you would, and I would, make these little changes each and every single day.